Welcome to the Hit Parade Podcast. Come join the nation's award-winning number one repack brand and our hosts, Joe Kay, Patrick Mancuso, and Tom Hughes, as we discuss all the happenings in the world of sports entertainment, and we speculate on where things are going in the industry. Follow along for some hot takes and cool products that you're going to want to hear about. And this is the Hit Parade Podcast. Hi, everybody out there listening. I'm your host, Joe Kay, alongside Patrick Mancuso and Tom Hughes, as may have heard. Um... I work for Hip Parade, been here for a while, and uh, we were talking in the office one time. We thought, you know what we need to do? We need to start a podcast. Uh, Tom, what do you think this show's going to be about, bub? Well, the best part of it is that we went around the office and tried to get the funniest guys to do it. Mm-hmm. They weren't available. True. They worked their way down the list, and we were the three schmucks that said, yeah, we'll do this. It's pretty much because we worked the latest. Yeah, but basically, uh, this is going to be a little bit about you know Hip Parade, what we're doing in the hobby, things, things behind the scenes, things at shows. Uh, things that we like, things we don't like. And uh, if you know me, if you know the rest of these guys, we're going to have some pretty hot takes. Yeah, You're probably going to laugh at me because I'm going to say something that's going to make no sense. You're going to be wrong a lot, too. But, but that's all right. We'll correct each other a lot. Hey, listen, that's, that's why Pat comes with his paperwork. So he's ready and prepared. And I just come with whatever I think of. Yeah, I'm the stenographer. It's amazing. We, we stenographer, that's a great word. That is Thank a great you. word. Thank you. <laughs> that goes into that office conversation earlier, but we'll get into it another time. But yeah, it's funny. We decided to prepare for this podcast and we put up a list of what we're going to talk to, like a basic outline. Patrick's here with an entire notebook full of notes and we have nothing. So Patrick, what do you got in your notebook? Well, let's kick it off. Let's let's start about the Super Bowl. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Oh, the Super Bowl? What's that? The Super Bowl. Um, it's a really good game that was, <laughs> you know, uh, oh. ruined by some zebras. No, I, you can't say that. This, this no, I, I wouldn't say it was because there was more than just one call that made the Eagles lose. But there was one call that made the Eagles lose. There was one call. It was that made a the legal Eagles call. Lose. Yeah. So once again, I know, you know, after the game, he's like, yeah, you know, I, I held him. And everyone's like, oh, see, it, it was a penalty. The, the big thing for me as a sports fan and someone who's played sports growing up, you play how the refs are calling the game. The refs did not call one defensive pass interference, one defensive hold. At no point in that game do you think that they're calling that. And then the biggest play of the game, they decide, oh, this is my moment. I'm going to be the guy, and I'm throwing a flag to pretty much decide who wins the Super Bowl. You can't do that. It was was such a great game, and somebody who isn't involved basically decided it. It's Yeah, it's it's tough, you know, in, in that point of the game. What you want to do, what you know, coming from a, a, a fan perspective, like you talked about, what I want to see from the refs is just like an uncle on the field. Like you're just you're there just to make sure things aren't going to go terrible. Like if if there's an egregious call, yeah, call it. But if there's something like that ticky tack, like a guy driving to the hole, because that's how I saw it as like a guy driving to the hole, getting slapped on the arm. Now he gets two free throws to win the game. Yeah, and if you would have grabbed him while the ball's in the air, affected him going to you know make a play on the ball. That's a whole nother situation. Mm-hmm. It happened very early in the play. It didn't really affect it too much, in my opinion. And it just, like I said, you ruined what could have been a great ending for the game. You you took that away from the fans. One of the best games ever. You took the Eagles' chance to win out of their hands. And it actually hurts the Chiefs because no one's given the Chiefs the credit they deserve. They played a phenomenal second half. And people are talking about the penalty and not about how they played because of that. So the refs just kind of screwed it in all in all aspects there. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, the score was 38-35 Chiefs. Um, mm-hmm. As everybody knows, uh, Bucker made the kick with 11 seconds left. And then Jalen Hurts threw what might have been the worst Hail Mary in history. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like you mentioned, 
this is the best, you know, one of the best games ever, right? This was a great Super Bowl to watch. Anybody who was like, if you were into it, whether you were a fan of the team or not, you probably had money on it. More on that in a little bit. But all of a sudden, this game, was it the best ever? Because, like, let's face it, the field was absolute garbage. I mean, everybody knows that. It was just, even though they spent two years growing this special strain of grass, they apparently uh, didn't do that great of a job. But people are slipping all over the place, kind of almost getting hurt, a whole bunch of stuff. And, yeah, we had a whole bunch of scoring. But that means, like, the whole point for Philly, maybe the field cheated about this call that should have been a call. The problem is that they didn't get to be flying in there after Mahomes. They didn't get to do anything. A lot of it was hindered because they kept slipping every time they rushed. I thought, I mean, how can we say it's one of the best games ever when people weren't even able to, like, play to the best of their abilities? I can see where you're coming from there. I think from from the... I think we have someone who wants to join our podcast. Oh, hi, Ray. Tomorrow was funny about the whole field thing. All these people that worked on the field, they did this big showcase like a few days before the game for all the media. They brought like 200 credentialed people down to the field. And it was like three or four guys that worked on the field, like big guys, right? They're just bragging for like an hour doing interviews with all the media saying how this is the best field that's ever been prepared for the NFL. <laughs> We've painted over the paint 55 times. Nothing's ever looked better. They're like walking around with their arms crossed like we're peasants. This is the best field anyone's ever seen. Talk about we roll it out every day. It gets proper sun. No one's seen technology like this. And it was quite honestly the worst field any of those players have ever played on. Now, really quick, quick, for those who are listening that have no idea who that person was, (laughs) that's our social media manager, Ray, who does everything. She's she's amazing at everything. And they actually sent her to the Super Bowl to uh, film some videos. People were ripping Hit Parade. They were opening cards. She got to meet a whole bunch of people, and she was there for a good amount of time. Yeah, usually she's the one behind the the camera there, so you don't get to see it. But talk about a a personality and a character. Uh, We are looking forward to introducing the world to uh, our Ray Ray. Yeah. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. No, I just thought that was ironic. I had to bring that up. It was like. They were literally acting like, like best field of all time. Kings, like yeah, like we we couldn't even talk to them. They were like yeah, yeah, don't touch our field. It's like your field was garbage, bro. <laughs> like I played on better fields, like soccer in third grade when they have you play in someone's backyard because no fields are available. Like that would have been better conditions. So I just thought that was ironic that they had this big scene, all these media down there doing all these interviews with the with the people that worked. On it, the field. it did feel like they spent all this time making the field and talking about it, but then they realized nobody actually thought to run on it. Yeah, <laughs> but, like no one's allowed to be on the field. Yeah, they would have found out people fell sooner. They might have been they couldn't have done anything at that point. But what are they they put uh, two thousand gallons of paint on the field. So you start to be slippery. It's slippery all over the place. <laughs> for those for those who worked on the field, I know it was a very tough job and I don't want to talk anything bad about your <laughs> profession. And we know you did your best. Well didn't they say that the the sod father there is like a ninety four year old guy who'd been uh, working on fields for forever at this point. I mean, it's just a shame. It it just stinks to have the, you know, the greatest football game in the world happen, and it's got to got to be playing on that surface. It's it's unfortunate. I mean, there's nothing to do about it. But of course, you can always go back to the other argument that both teams had to play on it. So I get it. And it's just it is what it is. There. Um, how did you like the halftime show? You know, it was a little uh, a little throwback. You know, your. Uh, you're expecting 17 different people to, to do the halftime show. Like the last couple of years, it's always this mixture of seven artists they're trying to throw together to make one kind of performance. Mm-hmm. And to see Rihanna just go out there and just do her thing, uh, it, was, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good job. So, so one of my favorite uh, 
halftime shows is I believe 2001. Uh, Sync was uh, on there. Makes sense. I want to say Nelly was on there maybe. Okay. Britney Spears and Aerosmith was with them as well. Huh. Um, so the collaboration for me in that instance worked re- really well, but with Rihanna by herself, I thought worked tremendous. And I, I really enjoyed the halftime show. I thought she just displayed hit after hit after hit. And then halfway through people were like, Wow, she's got some, she's yeah. got some bangers. That's bro. Oh, she's got so some bangers. Were, were, were people saying that, or were people saying, "Hey, does anyone know if Rihanna's pregnant?" Because that was the best. The best was you did the cot, the crotch grab, and then went and spelled her fingers right after. What you didn't you guys didn't catch that, Patrick? They're immediately going to make us have to cut that part. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I can say the upward, but I can't say that. Apparently, so I'm just messing with you. But yeah, it's funny. The best part about watching the halftime, halftime show with a bunch of people that don't listen to Rihanna that much are just sitting there like, oh my God, I didn't realize she had so many hit songs. And I'm surprised no one else has heard of this because <laughs> apparently for usually everybody listening, this is brand new news that this has happened. Well, I was watching it. My fiance, my fiance pointed it out to me. No, she's and now it's blowing up more. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I wasn't paying that close of attention. I was preparing for a podcast. Was, I'm so sorry. No, I'm kidding. Nobody was <laughs> this is really funny. I just, <laughs> it's super funny. Um, yeah, so halftime show was pretty good. I don't know why people were saying it was bad. Some people, I think people just like to complain about stuff. What are you going to do? It just is what it is, right? It, it just, it was a little bit more, you know, they couldn't step on the grass. So you had to do a little bit different things. Well, they had that whole Mario setup it's, and it was awesome. Like the whole setup of it was really, really cool. It was like, I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Like a good, but I, not, that probably didn't help the field either, right? Um, so let's see, let's talk about the game itself. Mahomes wins MVP. Uh, I think even though he didn't have his usual yardage output, he still kind of put that team on his back. Uh, but there's a very good case that should Jalen Hurts have maybe won it anyway in a losing effort? Jalen Hurts was the best player in the game. But he should not have won MVP. Just because he lost? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer that you got to win to get it. Yeah, I agree I'm with that. I'm on that boat as well. I mean, he did have... Quite the case. Quite the I mean, 304 yards, um, 79.7 QBR, with four total touchdowns. Yeah. And Mahomes had 182 yards with uh, 94.4 QBR. Ooh. And Pat stats. Three touchdowns. Yeah, you got to come with it, baby. That's fair. I mean, the court, and that's what the quarterbacks did. They both came to play. Um, you know, Mahomes was hurt. People said, oh, he might have been faking it because he was playing around on the field before kickoff. And then he got tackled the one time and you could just tell like, nope, that was re-injured, whatever. He was hobbled. I mean, I'm sure whatever they put into his system during halftime was uh, really working well there in the fourth quarter. And he just he played amazingly. And that's just what he does every time. And now he's been in the league for, what, five years, right? Two two MVPs, two Super Bowls. He's been to other ones. I mean, can he arguably, when he's all done at this pace, be the best quarterback of all time? That, yeah, I, right? I, I hate that I'm going to say this, but I know. he's got a long way to go before he's better than Brady. I agree with that, too, though. Don't get me wrong. But he has a really, like, he's on the right path, though, right? Yeah, but he also he also was a incompletion ruling away from not winning it because um, <laughs> Bolton, right, was the, sure. almost had two defensive touchdowns for the Chiefs. Yep. How crazy would have that been if he obviously picked up the first fumble, if he would picked up the second one uh, and scored another TD there? It's been really good timing. That's for sure. Yeah. Right place, right time. Absolutely. I love it. So um, you guys, any other, any other comments on the game itself? No, I mean, not really. Just wish it didn't I had end a that way. Stats, but what are your stats? Um, then you do have something. Well, I mean, just, I mean, <laughs> they're just kind of some throw around stats, but like we were talking about the, the referee calling that the flag, the egregious flag mm-hmm. um, at that time, 
the Chiefs had a 77 to 81% chance to win at the time of the penalty. So, I mean, you can kind of make a case for that if the flag actually meant something because what actually took it from, I think it was like the 50s to the 80s is when Mahomes scrambled up for like 20 yards. And then yeah, that yeah. basically just solidified everything. I, I think my big takeaway was you should have bet the overs. Yeah, absolutely. I not. mean, other than Mahomes not hitting his passing yardage, Almost everybody else hit their overage for yardage. Obviously, the game was over. Um, so hopefully you were you were on the, the team that thought it was going to be a high-scoring game and bet a lot of the overs. Right. Uh, how many, what other bets did you guys make? I had Eagles, first drive touchdown. Chiefs, first drive touchdown. Check, plus check. 1,200. There you go. Um, I, was, uh, I had $10 left in the tank for FanDuel, and I was like, yeah, you know, this seems like a good, good odds. I mean, put it down and got lucky and hit. That's pretty awesome. I know that I remember the, the biggest play for us here in the office. So every basically every week for football, we do a like a team parlay where we come up with something. We have a wheel out there. We spin it. Whatever it lands on, we all bet on. And for the Super Bowl, it was Kelsey scores a touchdown. Hertz scores a touchdown, which means he has to run it in, which obviously that happened multiple times. And then Devonta Smith needed to score a touchdown. We got the first two out of the way in the first, what, five minutes of the mm-hmm. game. And then Devonta Smith didn't get close. And then he got very, very, very close. And fell out of bounds because he lost his balance at like what the one yard line was. Did he step out at just about? That would have been the biggest heartbreaker line. ever. <laughs> well, I heard there was a gust of wind that knocked him out of bounds there. He uh, did catch it poorly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was worried because I thought he got hurt early in the game. He kind of got rolled up on in the first like, drive. There, there goes that bet right out the window. Uh, but came back a couple plays later, and then they pretended not to cover him one play, and he just fell out of bounds. That's tremendous. Um, and then. Uh, how'd you guys do in your squares? I actually didn't get get into squares this year. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. I just I just didn't didn't it's feel like it. a time honored tradition. Yeah, I, I understand. I, I kind of just didn't see the the opportunity. I was actually 0 for 14. And actually one of the pools, someone was like, hey, you won. And I was like, oh, maybe I did one. I maybe I missed one. And then they said that after I said uh, you know, take a little bit for a tip and I'll take the rest. They go, actually, I did it wrong. You didn't win anything. That's fantastic. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that that this kind of sums that's, it up for me. It is what it is there. Um, it's funny that you say that. So when you run these pools, uh, do you find it common? Patrick would normally ask this. Do you tip out the person who runs the pool? I mean, you obviously do. What about you, Patrick? Yeah, absolutely. 100%, 10%, in my opinion. Um, and, it, and it kind of fluctuates because I know there are some big pools, some big number pools. Oh, yeah, for sure. Bills. So I've. I think it would fluctuate depending on what I get, but for the most part, I do ten percent tips. Yeah, for for real. Um, actually, my dad, <laughs> he hit he hit pretty big on the squares here. He won, he won a couple grand, and he tipped his guy a, a grand, and he's just so happy that he you know he hit the final, which he was asleep for, which is another problem. But we're not even gonna get into that. <laughs> but yeah, that's just how it is. I mean, uh, Tom finished second in my pool, and uh, he tipped me because like people don't understand running running a pool is a pain. Like it is hard. It's a lot of fun. You like seeing people win, et cetera, et cetera. But collecting money from people is hard, even with Venmo, which makes it easier. It's still hard. It's annoying. You got to hold on to the money. You got to do all this. You got to chase people down. You know, if they don't come back, you got to sit there and talk to the other people in the pool and be like, hey, can you, you know, get somebody in there? Then all of a sudden it goes from a bunch of people, you know, to, oh, my friend's brother's cousin's dog might win. And you're like, I don't know (laughs) this person at all. It's less fun. But all in all, the bottom line is if you're in a pool and you win, tip the person that runs it. Pretty great. There's actually, I, I, I would say there's one caveat to that um, is a lot of people run fundraisers for pools. Well, that's a different and thing. And then huh? at that point, they're already kind of taking out their their percentage there. But other than that, 
definitely tip. There's, sure. I read a story one time in ESPN, the magazine. I think this is interesting that there's a guy and he was only known as Mr. X because of this. He ran, it was like around the country. It was like a, I think it was a thousand dollars to get in, but it was a, um, what is it? The knockout pool. The one where you have to guess a winner every week. What is, I can't think of the word. Suicide pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Survivor pool. pool. Yeah, super, yeah. Survivor pool. And he has hundreds of thousands of people in it. So like he takes 10% right away, but out of the total pot, it ends up that this dude just ends up making like $200,000 a year just running this pool oh, because it's just so massive. And that's why he had to keep his mouth, you know, his identity a secret and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he actually agreed to get inter- interviewed and uh, it was crazy. Like how much money goes into it. I mean, Gambling is, it makes everything better for sure. And it's just crazy. It's just like all of that stuff you got to go through to make sure that everybody else has a really good time. You know, they're not there. All, all, all these people do usually are hand you some money and say, and sign a square and say, you figure it all out after that. Let me know if I want. You got to do that for a hundred people, chase them down more than that if you run multiple. So it's pretty crazy, but uh, I don't you, know. Can you guys guess how much money was bet on the Super Bowl this year? 1.2 billion. I have no idea. I would, I, I would take the over if that's the number. That's a big, big over. Big over. Big over. 16. 16 billion dollars? Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Holy crap. That is a lot of money to gamble. But hey, like I said, gambling makes everything better, and that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't wrong. It does. It just 100% does. Those states that haven't caught up yet, get a clue. Just do it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Make, the amount of money nothing, just comes through. Nothing's worse than when we have to travel for a card show, and we go to a state that doesn't allow, like, FanDuel or DraftKings or something, so we can't just, like... Put my fi- I can't put my $5 parlays on something. It's, just, if, it's so brutal. If we're driving to shows, it's a little different, though, because sometimes you get those states that allow it. So as you're driving through, you're just like, you gotta do you're right just right. pumping the, the, any type of bet, and you're just sitting there, like, and you're out of the state line. It's like, God dang it, I'm done. That, yeah, right. <laughs> Yo, right? Degenerates. Ray's just dying yeah. at your uh, little Tasmanian she, devil. She's there. laughing. I know I other love. people are laughing. You're there, crazy, so. man. I want to watch this. I don't know what that noise is. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. So last thing for the Super Bowl that we wanted to touch on is that predictions for next year. Do you guys have any uh, really good predictions? Who do you think it's going to be? It doesn't mean anything, but right. take your best guess. Go ahead, Tom. I'll let you start off. I'm abstaining from this question. No, you can't you do can't. it. You can't. It's do not it. allowed. I'm going to put it. Okay. I always, I never pick the Bills because I feel like I'm going to jinx them. I'm saying the Buffalo Bills. Versus who? Yeah. Versus the referees that are going <laughs> to. No, but I think, I think it'll be the Bills versus the 49ers, Chris Berman style. Yeah, that's a good guess. Oh, that's classic. I'm, classic. I'm personally going to go with, I think it's going to end up being Cincinnati versus Dallas. I was going to go with Cincinnati too. Well, you can't now. They're a copycat. I know. You know, I'm, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw a little uh, from out of left field. I'm gonna say probably one of the new teams that are getting one of the quarterbacks. I don't know whoever Carr is going to. Maybe the, I'll, I'll say the Jets. The Jets. The Jets, because I've heard a lot of rumblings of good quarterbacks going there. So I'll say the Jets versus. Hmm. The Jets versus Seahawks. The Jets aren't making the, what? Yeah, okay. that, actually, I was already, I was already off. Listen, I was already everybody, off. Everybody, please okay? go to I was your already, fan. already off with this. Sponsored Jets. by FanDuel right now. I'm pretty sure you can get Jets versus Seahawks in the Super Bowl at plus forty thousand. So I would just run it right now. The, the Geno Smith Bowl, the thing everybody wants to see. Yep. Can't wait. No, Thank you, Patrick. I'll, I'm with Tom though. I, I, th- I think the Bills are actually going to be in the Super Bowl this year. That Jets Seahawks thing already <laughs> already discredited I this podcast. Our tens of listeners are furious right now. So, so speaking of that, um, one of the fun things in the offseason, especially in the card industry, is speculating on who you think the next guy is to, to buy. Yeah. You know, um, if you look at Trevor Lawrence, 
guy had a good end of the year. That team looks up and coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of of not necessarily Trevor Lawrence because people are thinking about him, but guys that are kind of off the radar. You get Trey Lance back, and he comes back, plays healthy for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. What could happen there? You know, a guy who took a huge hit this year, Russell Wilson. They have a new coach. Maybe they're not dysfunctional. Uh, that defense was still really good. He's got good weapons there. Maybe all of a sudden they look like something. Maybe a, a Derek Carr does go to the Jets, or maybe Rodgers gets traded to the Jets. Or mm-hmm. There's so many things that happen in the offseason that it's fun because you can kind of think about, hey, you know what? This guy people aren't thinking about right now, and I can I can go buy him now and sit on him for a couple months. You're right. Do you remember when you were younger and in the offseason it was just like, the Super Bowl would happen and then you wouldn't really hear much, but like your local stuff. And now the NFL is basically a 24-7 news cycle. There's always something. There's the combine coming up and then the draft and then, you know, all the other offseason excitement. Uh, I love it that way. And it's and how do you feel like the card market was back in the day when we didn't get the information we get right away now? Like, do you think it took longer for the values to like increase and decrease? Well, back in the day, people would wait for their Beckett to come out. Oh, that's month. right. That's and right. that's what told them what went up and went down. Like it's it's such a different market with, you know, everyone has all that information at their fingertips now. Uh, but you definitely see sports that have seasonality. Um, football is probably one that doesn't have as much of it. Kind of like you said, like you're doing mock drafts five weeks into the season for next year. Like it's just a constant thing that people are go- talking about. Uh, whereas something like baseball, you get after, you know, October comes around. People really don't think about baseball, especially especially in the north. Yeah, you got right. snow on the ground. No one's thinking about baseball until kind of the spring training. Oh, I know. I saw that. Right. Great. So Ray just handed us the Valentine that Juju Smith Schuster posted today. Mm-hmm. And it's a picture of Bradbury where it just says, I'll hold you when it matters most. Best Valentine. Of the year. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> it's amazing. Oh, wait. AJ Brown said something. He said, I guess we'll read it live. First did you off, see that tweet? <laughs> yeah. Did you see that tweet? First off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You was on the way out the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one year deal, TikTok boy. He admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like it was don't act like you're like that or ever was. But congratulations again. So AJ Brown is basically telling Juju he's trash. AJ Brown is <laughs> the like real a one. Girl, eh? It was amazing. Like, you won. Congratulations. I love that. He's a real one. Yeah. It really is. Um Oh, shit, I was going to fart with him. You know, A.J. Brown actually brings something to mind for me, and I was going to ask you this question because you've been in the, the card world a lot longer than I have. So someone like A.J. Brown, who is obviously one of the best receivers in the league, why doesn't he? Why doesn't his prices go up as much as like a Chase or a Jefferson? Why do they get more, more like pop? So well, I'll tell you one thing that hurt A.J. Brown is that he got traded. And anytime someone gets traded and their rookie card isn't in the same uniform that they're in, okay. it affects that. So – if you're a huge Eagles fan, you might want an A.J. Brown card in the Eagles jersey. So you're not necessarily going after his rookie, rookie card, cards. Um, where guys like obviously Chase and, and Jefferson still on the same team. Um, but that definitely, you know, makes a difference for somebody. Um, you don't you don't want to collect guys from other teams. And, you know, we'll take, you know, being from Buffalo, you take Steph Diggs, for example. He doesn't have a ton of Bills autos. So if you want a Steph Diggs auto card, a lot of times you're looking at Viking stuff, which is. You know, it's not the same. It's not the same if you're having your collection and you're showing it off to people. Okay, that's fair. And then I guess the last little bit of football news we before we move on a little bit. Uh, Derek Carr was released about an hour ago. Uh, he told the Raiders he's not going to accept any trade because he basically wanted to say, screw you guys, you did me dirty, so I'm not going to let you get anything for me. So first off, 
Patrick, where do you think he's going to end up? I think he's going to uh, end up probably in the East. Yeah. It seems like a lot of those quarterbacks are just coming coming to the East. Uh, and I think they do you know, decently well. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think of teams who, I mean, there are teams out there that do need quarterbacks. And you think at the, the Saints? You're looking at the Saints. You're looking at the Panthers. I think you might, you might be looking at the Jets, depending on what mm-hmm. Rodgers does, but I think right. Rodgers might move into Carr's old home there. Um, they just flip flop. You think so? You can go to Packers and then he goes to Raiders. You think Derek Carr's going to have on the Packers? I don't think so. Yeah. Especially you look at him and Devonta Adams' relationship and what happened with Devonte with the Packers. I don't think that Derek Carr's running over there. Um, I think an uh, interesting one for the league would be if he goes to Tampa. Yeah, that is interesting, um, too. Take over Tom Brady. I would argue that Derek Carr is every bit as good as Tom Brady is at this point of their careers. Um, Not much to say about Derek Carr. But I'm saying what he what he brings to the field right now, I think he can do what um, Brady did last year. If I, I'm curious. I don't, I don't have this stat, and I haven't looked up this stat. Well, I'm just saying, I think a lot of quarterbacks can. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't want to interrupt them and be rude. You just talk very low and nobody can hear. I, understand. I, don't, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the stat on this, but I'm curious what Tom Brady's QBR is the first 50 minutes of the game compared to the last 10 minutes. I'm, I'm sure you can look that up, right? Yeah, I'm sure. But he there was games where they had three points, nine points, and then all of a sudden they'd come back and win 23-20, and he had two touchdowns in the last 10 minutes. Um, so I'd, I'd be curious him going there. I think he's going to go to a team that has a chance to win right away. And I think you go to Tampa, that division's still way up in the air. Um, be a good fit for him. Is there anywhere, in your opinion, professional opinion, that he could go that would make his value jump pretty high? Or at least decently high? I think, I think if he goes to the Jets, I think, obviously, it's a big market. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, that are Jets fans, so that always helps. Um, that team obviously showed that it had some potential this year and really were a quarterback away. Um, Zach Wilson, I have no idea what you'll be doing next year, but it won't be playing quarterback. Uh, I think they'll keep him, just like as the third back. stringer. I That locker room does not like him. I, <laughs> That's I, fair. I, I could definitely see him somewhere else. Maybe you know, there's another team that gives him the, the Sam Darnold treatment, and maybe, maybe he goes to Carolina and follows all the other first-round quarterbacks that don't make it uh, and goes there. But – I think the Jets would help. Good team, chance to win, and big market. Legitimately a quarterback away, too. You're not wrong about that. Okay, so I think that's about it on like football talk right now. So let's move into the NBA, who just which just had a whole bunch of stuff happen, including a trade deadline that was actually kind of exciting. Um, what was the biggest one that happened, Patrick? I think it was, uh, was it Kevin Durant. Who? <laughs> Kay Dizzle? Kevin, Dur- Kevin Durant got traded to the Suns. And uh, what was the deal again, guys? I don't remember it. You got to do it. You got to tell right me. I, got on, you gotta, I know you got your past dance, right man. You got this whole notebook. Uh, it was Kevin Durant for four first rounders, Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, Jay Crowder, and a 2028 pick swap, which is, it may seem like a lot, but Rudy Gobert, when he was traded to the Timberwolves, they gave up four first round picks for Rudy Gobert. So <laughs> we're talking, if we're talking, we give him contracts. That's a pretty good pickup. For four first-rounders, you're getting an organizational uh, changing player. Mm-hmm. For sure. I guess They're the- still not the best team in the West, though. Well, we'll see. I would, I would be hard-pressed to find someone who's going to be guarding 
uh, Durant, Booker, CP3, Aiden, and Torrey Craig all in one. So you got, well, you got Kyrie and Luka. No, I, I still give me Denver. Give me the team with the continuity. Um, who's covering Jokic for, for who's covering KD? Nobody. He's going to go out there and just dog them. So the problem is, and then you got CP3, who's a great ball handler, great defender, for, who's leaving this year for for how many games in the playoffs? Because he gets hurt every year in the playoffs. Well, that's why they got KD and Booker. <laughs> who, Booker was incredible last year in the playoffs and hasn't played it all this year. Well, he's going to play in the playoffs. I guarantee it. Now that KD's back, I think they're all going to try and make a push. And this uh, this trade actually helps them in the future because when they go to move from Chris Paul, it's going to be an easier transition because they're going to be like, well, we got KD, so you can. See you later. <laughs> Bye. This isn't as hard. Thanks. Thanks. You, have, you have the two-time MVP. You have the guy who's probably going to be a three-time MVP. Um, I think there's something with continuity. You know, you look at the first year of the Heat. They didn't win it. They had LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and a whole bunch of other guys that fit around them. I think the Suns are really, really tough out. I think yeah. chemistry issues, and I think health. I'm, I'm – Listen, I feel bad for Chris Paul. Chris Paul has had such a great career, and every time his team is close and his team has a chance to win a championship, he gets hurt. Whether it was with the Clippers, with the Suns, the guy just can't stay healthy, and I think he's going to go down as one of the best players never to win a championship. I love it. Until KD wins him one this year. Kevin Durant, notoriously healthy. So I'm sure he'll be fine. (laughs) Um, Actually, I'm going to pull the audience here. Hey, Ray. Yeah. Who do you think, after the Kevin Durant trade, is the best team in the West? Yeah, oh, she lit up. She ready. It's still the Nuggets. Yeah? I'm close. Wow. Just immediately agreeing with Tom. Why, 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 is it, why is it not even close? Please, please tell me why it's not even close. He cannot take that he's wrong for an who, answer. Who do you have it. second? The Suns, who just got KD. No, you have them first. Who do you have oh, second? Who do I have second? Yeah. Probably, uh, probably the Nuggets. Okay. <laughs> but why so is why is it not close? Why is it not even close? You said it's not even close. Why is it not even close? Because the Nuggets actually play defense. So okay. KD really scores. He doesn't play defense, bro. I could score forty on KD. What? <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, Ray, you can score KD. We're gonna listen. We're we're gonna see about this basketball playing skills that you have when we. Uh, push you against Tom to the listeners out here yeah that's actually a thing we're going to be doing here it's going to be Ray versus Tom one on one in a basketball game all that and and also I'm totally joking I would never score even a single point on any NBA player ever even if they chopped both their legs and arms off well they'd still be taller than you yeah to be clear (laughs) that is just bizarre if they if they chopped their legs and and arms arms off what do you do wait hold on you something right you couldn't score against if a you, torso if you put if you put if you put a torso up against me i'm dribble driving laying it up i'm terrible but i think i can score on a torso <laughs> ray can't even score a torso i'm taking tom the new line is tom minus a thousand at this point you can't score a torso so what is it about the torso's defense that will stop your offense ray torso's bigger than me bro yeah i ain't wrong though can't move I, I, i'm actually surprised ray didn't say the lakers for the team to beat with her love of lebron oh here it comes yeah, let me get out of the way real quick. <laughs> Lakers, hot tape. <laughs> Lakers are going on a run. They're going to come back. They're going to get that final spot in the play-in. Somehow. Somehow everybody makes the playoffs now. It doesn't they're matter. Gonna be, who's <laughs> the they're going to be the number one seed Nuggets. 
<laughs> in four games. Just immediately contradicting herself. <laughs> She's just saying. Then, what's up? then they're going to beat the Celtics in five in the finals. Book it. Oh, oh it's booked. Don't worry. <laughs> Make sure you clip that, okay? Make sure you clip it, all right? Oh, so, Dano. How are you the first one on our hot take cam? <laughs> our first take that is you talking smack. I thought that hot take that's just a bad take cam. Ray yeah. versus a torso. That's yeah, that's bro. all I got out of that. Um, so obviously LeBron, yeah, did, did something kind of kind of impressive. <laughs> He's now the greatest scorer of all time. That's amazing. So, it's amazing. Doc Rivers said this, and I'm not usually a big Doc guy, but he said that. LeBron James has the greatest career of anybody in the league, but Michael Jordan is the best player in the league. Interesting. And I, I actually think that's a really good take. Oh, she is not happy with that um, too. <laughs> and obviously congrats to LeBron. I'm a, if you know me, I'm not the hugest LeBron fan. So I may no. have, a li- I may have a little bit of bias in this. Uh, obviously crazy stat for him to, to pa- pass Kareem there. Um, but if I were to tell you right now, he's not, the top three score that I've watched play basketball of all time. That, yep. Of all time. He's not a top three score. Who are your top three scores of all time? Then? That I've seen play that you've seen that play. I've seen so play. I don't want to hear like so John not, Havlicek. No, or, <laughs> like Will Chamberlain or because John Havlicek is a very good basketball player as well. Big, big very good score of the basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very good <laughs> the score of the please, basketball. Please tell me who your top three scores are. No, Mike, Michael Jordan. Okay. Colby Bryant. Fair. Okay. And the guy I just argued against Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To me, those are the, the three best guys I've watched at scoring the basketball. Now, what LeBron done has done with his longevity is absolutely insane. I'm not here to say that he's not one of the greatest players ever to play basketball. But as far as just a pure scorer, you know, he's he's not that, even though he's a scoring leader. I think the most interesting thing. That I, the most interesting stat that I saw come out of all of the LeBron news when he passed Kareem was that, you know, of course, as soon as as soon as he does it, it ignites all the debates like we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to, oh, who's the greatest scorer, blah, 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 Michael Jordan, et cetera, et cetera. LeBron's right there. But out of the top scorers, he's the only one that's in the top five in assists, too, which is why it's like maybe he maybe there's something to him being like one of the greatest players. Is it just longevity and that he didn't have to go play baseball? <laughs> is that is that I don't, part I don't of think you stumble upon. 38,387 points on longevity. Well, it's just alone on longevity. Okay. I mean, he is the fifth highest career scoring average of all time. So, I mean, you got to give him his, you got to give him his flowers. Right oh, there. listen, that definitely tipped the cap. Um, there is something to be said about his work ethic, his drive, um, his, you know, he wants to be the best. He's wanted to be the best for 20 years. And, there's a lot of players that come up, have a, a little three-year, four-year, five-year span where you're like, wow, they're really good. And then they get paid, and then they get married or have it's, kids, it's or and, and they don't and they don't keep that up. And here he is, 20 years in his career, and every game that he plays in, because now they take rest days every third day, um, out there playing very high level and you know, playing it, you know, everything he's got. So it's incredible. I mean, he's gonna. He might be able to be the first person to like be in the league for so long and then have like almost both of your sons come in the league and you're still playing. It's it it. I mean, it's gonna be a little tough, but I think he's he's the only person that could probably pull that off. I don't think you're there's a lot of Brady. Like that. There's a lot of Brady comparisons when I think about LeBron. Like I saw a stat for Brady that was 
if you took him his first 10 years of his career, his stats were very similar to John Elway's whole career. Mm-hmm. And then if you took his stats for his second half of the year or since last 10 years in the league, they were almost identical to Joe Montana. Like there's going to be players that you could be like, if you combined this player and this player, they equal LeBron's career, which is insane. Mm-hmm. This is pretty crazy. Um, LeBron is a great player. And I feel like a great player. There's a great product. Patrick, why don't you tell us about the hip parades, new LeBron product? Let me tell you about it. Joseph. <laughs> Thanks for bringing me commercial in. time. <clears throat> Introducing our latest basketball product, Hip Parade Chasing History LeBron Edition, the ultimate collector's dream for NBA enthusiasts. Every box contains one autographed or graded card of NBA's top 50 scorers, including current NBA stars and NBA Hall of Famers. Experience the thrill of opening each box and uncovering rare and valuable cards featuring new scoring King LeBron James, legends like Kobe Bryant and Dirk Nowitzki, and current stars like Steph Curry and KD. Whether you're a seasoned collector or just starting your collection, this product is sure to impress and excite. With the perfect blend of nostalgia and modern day excellence, our Chasing History LeBron Edition is a must have for any basketball fan. Don't miss your chance to own a piece of NBA history and add these iconic cards to your collection today. Okay, first off, that was fantastic. Great work on your part. I know you really hyped yourself up for that. Tom, my question goes out to you here. You made a kind of like a eh face that Patrick was going off there. What was that about? I I, I guess <laughs> he can't believe how well that came off. Yeah, like I was, it was amazing. You know, You're welcome. I, I didn't know what to expect. And then all of a sudden, like the curtain came down and it wasn't Patrick anymore. It was this super professional it was superstar. Yeah. Like I, I didn't, I just, I didn't I recognize Patrick. <laughs> I learned how to read real quick. Wow. God, finally those lessons paid off. Um, that was exciting. I, I almost want one right now, but unfortunately I can't buy hip parade. So it's fine. Uh, congrats on that. Um, any more to comment on LeBron and his massive achievement? You got anything else? I mean, you got a whole notebook of stuff. Man. I, well, I agree. I'm just, you know, astounded by LeBron. It's an, it's an amazing feat. I don't, I don't see many people beating it in our lifetime. I don't see another player coming up. I mean, it took 50 years for LeBron to beat Kareem's. I don't think I'm going to be able to see another player who's going to beat 38,000 plus points. It all comes 40 or 50 by the time he's done. It basically all comes down. I mean, a lot of it's luck. So you don't get injured. So you don't miss a whole season, et cetera, et cetera. Take everybody. Because that's part of it. But then, like, another, another part, of it, in order to beat LeBron, you're rolling your eyes in the back of your head there, Ray, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, in order to even challenge, you got to stay healthy. You got to like basically do what Kobe did and go to Germany for those like blood transfusions or whatever it is. You got to just keep, take care of yourself the whole time. And you kind of got to be like, you got to get really, really lucky with genetics on top of it. And I don't know when that next time is going to be, you know, you're right. It might be 10 years, might be a hundred, might never happen again. I mean, if I'm asking you over there, Ray, it's never going to happen again, is it? Ever. So I, you know, you look at sports in general and NBA is no different. Um, the leagues go through cycles where scoring is through the roof. And then all of a sudden they lock down and let defenses play more. Um, And, you know, I think the greatest thing about Jordan's accomplishments were that they were, you know, there was defense play. These guys were going at each other. There was a lot of physical play that was allowed. You know, I can't imagine how many times Jordan would go down the lane and absolutely just get crushed and maybe got a call, maybe didn't. Uh, and then now today's NBA's, you know, it's not about the defense as much. So I do think there's a chance because of the the high scoring, um, the lack of defense. 
that someone could get close. Someone could kind of challenge that at some point. You got a lot of young, talented players like Tatum, Luca, um, that could could eventually get there. Now, I mean, KD's at twenty six thousand. I mean, he's got to get a lot more. And let, let's let's talk about the fact that Kareem Abdul Jabbar did that with just skyhooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy was just just a skyhook, 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 skyhook. <laughs> yeah, Very impressive. I mean, it is pretty impressive. <laughs> LeBron, I mean, LeBron's shooting threes out here. This guy's just skyhooks. I know. And you know what? When it comes down to LeBron, I know that he's got his detractors. Some people just can't stand the dude. Some people love him. But love him or hate him, like you still got to appreciate that accomplishment. Like he still went out there and he put in the work and he did it. And regardless of if you agree on how he did it or whatever, it still happened. And like shout out to him for that, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, all right. um, Do we have any other sports talks? We're going to do a couple of stuff on the shows. Is there anything else that happened that we got to touch on in the world? I think we're kind of covered, right? Yeah, let's let's talk about show season. Yeah. It's show season. It's show season. It really, show really season is. Show season has returned. And with that, we have no shows this weekend. We will not be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, Tom, we got some shows coming up, man. Why don't you tell me about them? So March is notoriously a crazy month for shows. Um, I think if we went to every show in March, we'd have to send people at like five shows a week. It's almost like. Wow. Um, more on that later. <laughs> yeah, right. Foreboding. Um, but basically, um, March is always a big, big time. Uh, David Adams is having a show, uh, in the beginning of March, which is, which is fun. It's more of a little local show. Uh, but it's always cool to see local collectors, uh, coming around. Yeah. On top of it. I mean, we go to shows all the time. Like we're talking about, we go buy cards from people all the time. Hey guys, who are listening to this, that we always, we always go see you come see us, come on to the show, make it yeah. easier on everybody. And mm-hmm. we'll take you for some wings. It'll be great. Some beef on whack. And some beers. I know we got some card all-stars already coming to the David Adams show. It'll be exciting. I'm excited to hang out with them. Uh, but in March, you have Dallas. You have Philadelphia. You have Nashville. You have Chantilly. You have Del Mar. You have the Mint. Uh, you have C2E2 uh, on the kind of the comic side and uh, collect uh, entertainment side. So there's just a ton of shows uh, in March. It's always a fun time. Uh, in the hobby because of that. There's so many people talking, so many people collecting. You get to start a baseball season, so that kind of amps things up for you know those those collectors. Just a really fun, busy, busy time for the hobby. For sure. I mean, actually, in March, aren't you going to be spending like half of it just on the West Coast yourself? Yeah, so I'll be going to Del Mar for a, the show out there. Me too. West Coast. Cuso. Bringing him back. No, he, he's going to stay. Stop it. But uh, we'll, we'll be out in Del Mar, and then I'm actually staying out there. Uh, I have a bunch of people I, I go see in L.A., go there for a couple of days. And then, and then the Mint, which is um, a really cool uh, – it's a show, but it's a lot more than a show. It's a lot of uh, people speaking on different topics, a lot of networking, a lot of people throughout the hobby going there uh, just to connect with other people in the hobby. Uh so it's a very, a very fun time, a very busy time. Uh, if you're in the hobby and are thinking about, hey, I need an excuse to go to Vegas, you know, go check out the Mint. Well, I'll be there with you. So come on, hang out and we'll, uh, we'll party. It'll be a good time. Nothing like that. Um, what else is going on? So in the world of entertainment, we have our little bro date tomorrow because Ant-Man comes out. Who's paying? Who's picking who up? 
Um, we'll meet there, but he's already paid. So, so I, I'm in this thing called AMC Stubbs where I get two movies a week and I pay Fancy. monthly because I love the movies. I'm one of those guys that I prefer to see a movie in the theater compared to sitting in my house and watching it. Yeah, actually, speaking of this movie guy, I do have a question for you. Oh, God, this thing's popping. There's going to be some weird noises on this, but it is what it is. As a movie guy, now that AMC has actually announced that they're going to raise prices based on like where you sit within the theater. How does that make somebody like you feel like, is that, do you get it? Or is it kind of just like, it sucks. I, 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 I get it. That, that's, you know, it's, but. it's not a great idea, but you know, to they me, if, if it helps keep movie theaters alive and helps to keep them in business, then I'm all, all for I it. Cause the opposite. I think he's going to look complete. Cause if I see that and you're going to charge me, so I'm just going to wait till it comes out. Do you have a seat that you like, Hey, I want to always sit in the back three rows or do you No, a- but if, if, if the, if it's tight in the, if there's not a lot of seating, I don't know, I'm not going to pay extra. So the premium seat, they're all the same, right? Well, how much extra is it being charged? Do you know, offhand? I, I, that I don't know. Is that's what we're going to have to find out. I think it's only a little. So bit. I, I, te- I tend to sit further up than most people because AMC has the recliners. Mm-hmm. So I like to recline a little bit. So I found that kind of going a little bit to the, towards the front, a little bit more, uh, than most people, people usually like to go to the back. Honest but, question uh-oh. for moviegoer: Are you buying snacks or are you bringing them in? Oh, I once again, I'm supporting the movie theater. I'm 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 buying popcorn. I'm buying a pop. If I bring in candy, that might be something I bring in. But I'm buying pop and popcorn. Plus, like like you said, you're a whatever club member you are. You get discounts and stuff anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Movie popcorn is better than any other That's popcorn. True. I will agree with that. It is hard to watch a movie and not eat popcorn. Like I will. Attempt to do tomorrow. I'll, I will eat popcorn. Don't tell my Fit Parade loser. <laughs> he had cheesecake on the weekend, so it's fine. Like he ruined his he ruined his part already, so it's fine. Um, but speaking of Ant Man, uh, it's going to be a hell of a movie. I'm excited to go see it, and I think we have an Ant Man product that's out. Patrick, why don't you tell us about it? Oh, let's bring back the old advertisement sheet of paper. Attention Marvel fans, get ready to shrink down to the size of an ant and enter the quantum realm with our incredible hit parade Ant-Man Edition Series 1. Loaded with one-of-one sketch cards featuring your favorite Ant-Man comic book characters, rare short print autograph cards, and authentic memorabilia cards from the hit movies. And each box is a thrilling adventure waiting to happen. And the best part? Every box contains one incredible autograph sketch or memorabilia card from Marvel's Ant-Man films. Don't wait. Grab your Ant-Man box today and add the ultimate collector's item to your Marvel collection. It's time to go small, go big, and go home happy. I love you. Did, so, did you write these today? No, ChatGPT. Oh, <laughs> yeah, AI all You day. cheated. What are you talking about? I'm not, I was I'm so proud that. of you. Things way better than me. Good work, AI. Yeah, no <laughs> Iverson. I love that. That's super fun. Um, but yeah, so, wow, how do you follow that? Um, our last topic for the day, because we're, we're, we're getting close to the end here, because we want to try and keep this around an hour, is that at least half of uh, Hit Parade slash David Adams is going to Disneyland for a weekend going to disney Disney. now this is this is just a little thank you for all the hard work people are putting in and uh you know not everybody gets to go and that's okay sometimes husbands and wives get split up and that happens what are you going to do but uh (laughs) tom raises an interesting question as somebody's been to disney a few times what is the best disney ride or show so i think to me there it's two and it's one is because i'm a huge star wars fan so ride of the resistance is absolutely incredible uh, but I think pure ride, the avatar ride is bar none, the best ride. Why is that? 
for somebody who's never been there before. It is a, I think they call them 4D experience. Um, you are basically really engulfed into the Avatar world and really feel like you are flying around in the movie. And it's just a, a really cool thing to see. You feel part of it. Um, the way they set it up, um, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's very immersive uh, experience. I get that. Now, I've never been to Disney. My answer would have been Splash Mountain, but apparently that's not allowed anymore. So I don't even know why I would go. Patrick, have you been to Disney before? I have. So I used to go as a kid. Uh, our family used to drive down to Disney. Oh, drive uh, for like a week and a half and just travel around all the parks. That's my favorite, awesome. Favorite ride's got to be Tower of Terror. Yeah. And then my backup's got to be the Haunted Mansion. Well, so you're just a spooky guy, huh? Yeah, I like, 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 like a little Disney spooky. Like it's nice, it's fun. It's, <laughs> I love it. Nothing crazy is going to happen. But Tower of Terror, I will say, the first time I went on it, I cried. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. How far do you <laughs> fall? A couple stories, man. I think you go like 10 to 12 stories, it just drops. But like, it's, I mean, it's a control drop, obviously. Well, of course. <laughs> but Have you been on those? Yeah, I've, I've I'm, I'm a everywhere. big Disney guy. So I've been to pretty you much all, all the parks and all the rides. I actually love universal which is you know maybe an unpopular opinion especially in this office why um, i don't see i don't know like so you, universal i feel mm-hmm. is like disney's for adults because it has it has a it doesn't have marvel land but it does have like a superhero part it has jurassic park it has harry potter um it's just a lot more things that sometimes adults would enjoy simpsons got a lot got a lot of simpsons okay. i didn't know that was yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Universally. Yeah. 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 Just, all I know is that you can go to Moe's Tavern and get a flaming Moe. And that's, yes, you all, can. I, that's all I've ever wanted to that do in my incredible. life. It's all good. A flaming Moe's. I love that. But yeah. So you guys will go to Disney and I will stay here. And that's fine. I'm not mad about it. I don't care. You guys will have a blast because you're only going for what? Two days? Yeah. Like 48 hours. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like lickety split yeah. Disney World. It's but. like driving down to New York City. There on a Friday, you wake up, you spend Saturday, wake up Sunday, go home. Pretty much. At least you don't have to drive, though. That flying. is true. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So you guys will have fun at Disney and uh, they're just cool with that. So I think it's about time to wrap up the show. we got about 10 minutes left. So usually at the end of the show, we'll kind of touch on like our final thoughts, which is a time where we can just talk about really anything we want, be it in the sports world, about the card industry or just anything you really want to talk about. Uh, let's see. I'm going to look this way. Tom, you get to go first with your final thought. So this is going to be a rant, especially for the, the card world. And the, I'm glad I picked you first. Yes. Uh, for all of us that travel to shows all the time, <laughs> people who are running and promoting shows, please, please, please. Let's let's talk to each other. Let's try to coordinate something as it comes to shows. Um, nothing is more frustrating for me is when I'm trying to plan out a schedule, uh, see where Hit Parade is going to go. And I look at a weekend and there's three shows we want to go to all in the same weekend. And now I have to figure out, well, do I want to go to this show this time? Do I want to send two people to this show? Do we not want to go to this show? And there are a lot of good shows that we don't go to or we don't set up at uh, just because there's you know, no communication. We're going to other shows. We've made prior commitments. Um, and you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, if you have a big show and there's another big show going on that weekend, you are splitting up the hobby. I know um, you may not feel that way because, hey, I, I my, my show sold out, but you are splitting up the hobby and probably both shows would benefit from, you know, communicating with each other and trying to do it, you know, opposite weekends. Um, so please just 
try to communicate. You know, we want to go to as many shows as we can. We love going to shows. I love going to shows. I love talking to people. Um, you know, I, I love going all over the country to different shows and, and I have places that I like to go eat at all these different places. And there's all these things that I really enjoy doing. And I hate when I can't do these things because I have prior engagements for another show. But at this point, do you almost feel like there's too many shows? Like, it feels like we don't have a choice but to have some of them overlap at this point. So I think I think it's two sided. I think there are a lot of shows and, and there might be some that are probably unnecessary. But in general, there's so many times where you'll look in a month and you'll have two two weekends that you have nothing and then one with three. Um, it happens all the time. Obviously, your smaller shows, your local shows, you know, keep doing your local shows. Those are those are great. You know, I'm not necessarily talking about those. I'm talking about your big shows. That you're trying to have 500 plus tables. Um, you're, you're just splitting people up. And, you know, God bless the, the people that are going to two shows in one weekend. I've done that before. It's super difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but, you know, I, I would just love for there to be a little bit more communication, a little bit more uh, cohesiveness between all these shows. Uh, to make it easier for everybody. All right. That's pretty good there. Then it makes sense. Um, I agree with you too. It is, you know, I think we were, we were going over our schedule. Was it today where we were just like, Hey, cool. There's four shows this weekend. So we're going to have to cut at least two of them. Yeah. And it's just stretching us too thin. I mean, not that, you know, people should figure out when they want to have their show based on whether or not we're going to be there, but we would like to be everywhere. We would like to just meet new people, as many people as we can and buy cards from as many people as we can. So, when we have multiple shows, it's a uh, it's a lot harder for us to do that. But hey, I mean, hey, like you said, if their shows are sold out, even if there's two or three of them, it is what it is. So, like, more power to them. Just again, if we don't come to your show, don't be offended. It's just we literally can't. We don't have the time or the manpower, so it's kind of a pain. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick, it's your final thought, but what you got? I'm gonna go a little bit of brighter note. Um, say, uh, let's go Knicks. Get on here. Two game winning streak traded for Josh Hart, and they're on the up and up. Jalen Brunson last three games: forty points, thirty eight points, thirty two points. Now that the Nets are out of the way, I really think the Knicks will make a great push for the playoffs. I don't think they're gonna win the championship, but I think I'm I'm happy to see some light shine down on my Knicks. Because we don't get a lot of it. We're like living in Syracuse. I was going to say, you. The most gloomiest city in Syracuse. Well, take that, Syracuse. Patrick (laughs) hates you. So you've been an expander your entire life then? My entire life. Well, I mean, from the time I can remember. Right. So, and it's been mostly just sad and disappointing then? Oh, it started off great. It started when they're in the championship. uh, Yeah. The championship year, Patrick Ewing, John Starks, Larry Johnson, Charles Oakley, um, that group. And then it just went. It went downhill so unbelievably fast when we got Stefan Marbury and Isaiah Thomas as our coach. It just <laughs> straight down. I love the fact that, for those who don't know, we did try a test run uh, yeah. just to kind of run through things. And <laughs> Joe brought up the Knicks, and uh, our buddy Patrick here was like, oh, which one? Uh, talking about Knicks in the office. Yeah, so I'm glad that he figured it out this time and knew which Knicks he was talking Bringing about. Bringing it right to the table. Uh, I'm happy for the, uh, I'm happy that they have some light. Maybe they'll be able to get some players to their organization soon. But as long as James Dolan's in there, I doubt it. Right. That's your biggest problem is Dolan, right? That's it. 
And once he's gone, then you're going to be the happiest camper in the world. You think? I, I, yeah. Because like anytime, even though you brought up the Knicks and you try to be pumped about a two-game win streak, which doesn't have to be three games to be a streak, isn't two just two wins? <laughs> I watched Major League, and I think it was three. <laughs> so we're going to go with three here. Okay. But, hey, I'm rooting for you, champ. We've got another game coming up soon. But anytime Patrick brings up the Knicks, like you can just see the stormy dark cloud appear above him, and it's actually really sad and depressing. So. I don't know how often you want to talk about the Knicks because usually you'll just be really, really angry. Yeah, it usually sends me into like conniption stage where I just start flying <laughs> off the handles and things. Think I just go, I just go, I just black out and say whatever happens. Like right, Roseanne Barr is is basketball your favorite sport? Um, to watch or to play? Hmm, I guess watch because I feel like play will be baseball since you played that. Watch probably football. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, football for me, and then uh, to play is probably basketball. Really? Yeah. You're a basketball player? I love love playing basketball. Oh, I, just no haven't been, I just haven't gotten on the court in a very long time. Why is that? Um, Not great choices. I mean, I haven't worked out in a very long time, so it just kind of just kept refrained me from actually getting back on the court because I was afraid <laughs> of what was going to happen. I love so, that. But now I'm uh, we, we're, you know, I'm getting back into shape, so I maybe, maybe want to step on the court and well, our listeners won't know this, but you look fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're doing great, buddy. <laughs> Keep it up. The twenty sliding over to Joe. Uh, no, nah, I don't need money for that. Okay, so I guess this comes down to my final thought, and uh, mine's just about the podcast. Um, it was our first one. I know that it was rough. I understand that there were some times that we should have fixed a couple things, and hey, we're trying to clean it up. So I thank all of you who made it this far for still listening. We really do appreciate that. Um, I know just from talking to the guys here that. We really want to make this a fun thing. And uh, the more we talk and the more we gain our flow here and figure out how it works, it's going to sound a lot better, a lot smoother. Uh, I know that we're going to have a social media presence. So if you see our stuff posted, you listen to this, please leave your comments. Tell us how we were wrong. Tell us how we were right. Um, but like I said, I know the best way this works is when people want to tell us how smarter they are than that, how more smart they are. Oh, yeah. See, you're already going to be smarter than me right away. Mumbled in my words there, but that's fine. The point is, I want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your feedback. We know it isn't great, but we're going to just keep working at it. And uh, we want to be really, really good at this. Eventually, hopefully we can have more interviews. I mean, like I said, Tom knows a lot of people in the card industry and we're going to have them on. We're going to chat with them. We're going to talk. We're just going to, you know, shoot the crap about sports and see where we go. But uh, I'm really excited for it. I'm excited to do this with two guys I really like. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, I swear, I can't stress this enough. It's going to get better. Thank you for spending an hour with us. Hopefully you'll spend an hour every week when you're driving somewhere. It'll be a good time. And uh, that's about it for me. Finally. Hi, Jason. I know you're listening. Take care, guys. This has been Hit Parade and uh, we will see you next week. 